Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. For this episode of DesignCast, I had the honor to talk with Steve Sostak from Inspire Citizens. Steve is passionate about many things, but we spend most of our time talking about his work with schools and the idea of empathy to impact. You can find out more about the awesome work that Steve and Inspire Citizens are doing through the links in the show notes. I have no doubt that you will want to find out more about his work after listening to this chat that we have. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Steve Sostak. Welcome back to another episode of Design Cast, and I'm just so honored to have Steve from Inspire Citizens with me today. Steve, how are you? I'm good, Jason. I'm pretty humbled too, man. I love your podcast, and you know we had a chance to talk a little bit before already about some of your work and how our you know paths are crossing. So. I'm just absolutely happy to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Oh, man, I'm just really honored that you agreed to chat with me. And I love your work. And it's just so funny how paths cross. And so I am just absolutely stoked to talk to you about the work, the great work that you're doing and how people who are listening and myself can be involved in the work that you're doing. So thanks again for for being here. No problem. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Absolutely. So, Steve, if you don't mind maybe introducing yourself and talking a little bit about what got you involved in education and where you are now. Yeah. So to be honest, my my path to education was really influenced a lot by my family. Right. My mom was a teacher and a principal. My wife was a teacher. I was actually when I graduated from university, I was actually a punk rock musician for about six, seven years. So definitely a creative. I was traveling through Europe, traveling through Canada and the States, playing saxophone. And got to a point where that was not quite paying the bills in the way that I wanted it to. And 
made a shift over into you know, the teaching space. And I realized pretty quickly that there's still a lot of opportunities to be, you know, co-creative and, and a real creative thinker in, in teaching and learning. Right. So I really, it really drew me in when I started to, you know, I went back and I started to work with and, and go to school with in-service teachers that were really diverse in Chicago. And it just got me inspired to, to, to get into the profession. Shortly thereafter, though, we went international. I went to Peru and kind of started a family down there, adopted a few girls, had a, had a little one as well, and then ended up in Malaysia and China, where I've been now for eight years. So I've, I was a teacher in total for about 16, and then Inspire Citizens, Aaron, my, my co-founder and myself, we, he was my actually co-teacher, he was my learning support co-teacher when I was a sixth grade humanities teacher in Beijing. And we just really connected. He's kind of a young doppelganger. We're both kind of covered in tattoos and really forward thinking, I think, in the way that we approach, you know, student-centered learning. And we got to a point where we just thought we had a little more to give the world if we went beyond one school. And luckily that worked out, man. So we have been able to, you know, work on all five of seven continents and, you know, work with kids, teachers, and administrators and parent communities to help transform education kind of around that, what we call empathy to impact, which is kind of heart, head, hands type model where it's like, again, what do we care about and why? What do we need to learn how to do to think and, and the skills? And then go do something with your learning, right? To make a difference in the world. So that's a lot crammed in there to that answer, but <laughs> I got you where you need to go. It's just so great to hear people's journey. I didn't know you were a punk rocker. That's super cool. And I think that, you know, it's great to hear people's backgrounds who've come from other vocations before they went into teaching and then kind of what brought them into teaching. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. And tell me a little bit more about Inspire Citizens, sort of what started it and and tell me a bit more about sort of the structure and, and what work you do. Yeah. So I think what really started it was, you know, we, Aaron and I had some pretty good success with, you know, whether you call it services action, design thinking, project-based learning, et cetera, in, you know, inquiry, all, all, all the stuff that, you know, we're doing quite well in sort of progressive student-centered classrooms, doing a really nice job in, at the International School of Beijing doing that. And we actually had some opportunities to do some pretty innovative stuff there. We had a citizen sort of makerspace going on where the kids were, you know, designed for impact. We often called that where the kids were running workshops on things like building square foot gardens or, you know, teaching, teaching out on how, you know, windmills and hydroelectric, you know, generators were working, et cetera to, you know, also doing futures, what we call futures public radio, which was basically the, the concept we came up with there was, uh, what is it, what would it look like if kids were running NPR, right, from the US and that, so we had this sort of media maker space, but we also found that it was still quite pocketed, right? And we, while it was exciting and the school gave us space to do it, it wasn't really bleeding into other places, you know, inter, into interdisciplinary learning and spaces beyond the work that we were doing with our kids. So we kept kind of asking ourselves, you know, what would it look like if we had a little more voice in that space of, you know, designing curriculum on a more whole school or whole division level? And that's kind of where the idea of Inspire Citizens was born. And then we just got to a spot where we felt it was just time to give that a shot, like put that at the heart of everything we did and work with multiple different schools to kind of bring that vision to life. And actually Soul Foreign was our first major partner, right? They they took a pretty significant leap with us where we were, we've been contracted with them for four full years, a hundred days per year. 
to basically take the idea of empathy to impact and you know this sort of services action, bringing it really to the center of everything the school is doing. And at this point now in year four, I'd say they probably were looking at you know, 100 units throughout the school, plus all the service programs, et cetera, that are built around that type of philosophy so that it brings their dedication to service, you know, elements of their mission to, to really to life. And their whole community, you know, is living it inside and out. So I, I got to give them a lot of credit because they've, they've been such a foundation to getting us started and giving us proof of concept. And, you know, since then, it's just been, you know, full steam ahead. Wow. I love to hear that. And it, wow, they've really committed over at SFS to really take this on. So most definitely. And, and I think one thing too, to put that into context as well, is we, we were really lucky also getting started. We had a, a group called 3W Education here in Beijing that wasn't, it was a little more of like helping kids from China make transitions to places like university in the States, et cetera. But they connected us with some people like Kevin Mattingly, who's the science of learning guy from Teachers College Columbia. And we got to spend some time with Kevin really digging into just best practices in professional learning and really looking at what can transform a school's culture. Right. And a lot of it's just some t- is time. Right. That that, you know, building capacity over time and, and really getting into the, you know, the deep cultural level of a school. So I, again, I got to give them a lot of credit for that because it, it was something that was a commitment and it, and it did culturally change a lot of the, the thinking in the school. And we've used that now in a lot of ways we partner with, with schools. We don't necessarily expect schools to go a hundred days and, you know, there's not enough of us around, right. With Inspire Citizens, but we do have, you know, we try really hard if we're going to be working with a school for a full year to push towards about 15 to 20 days, right. At, at least so that we can really get to know people, you know, build relationships with both students, teachers, and administrators and, and parents as well. And, and then go on that journey together, right. We're going to be there to support you, to coach you, to, to help you, you know, not, we're not coming in to, you know, deliver a pizza for a weekend and then disappear. Right. And, and that's been, that's been a big thing. And then the other thing with that, I think that really resonates with educators, at least with Inspire Citizens is we are teachers first, right? We still teach not full time, but we still teach kids. We still co-teach with teachers in the schools we work with. We run tons of, you know, active, interactive online workshops, et cetera. So when you walk into that room with the teaching staff, I think they sense the compassion. They sense the empathy and the idea of like, hey, we're not here to flip tables. We're here to help you. We're not here to overwhelm you. We're here to make your life better and the world better, right? And I think that's I think that resonates. So I think we've we've been very lucky to to start off with that type of, you know, that's just the pulse of what we do, the mission of what we do. And people seem to really connect with that. Absolutely, man. I loved hearing that about that. It sounds like the model is really working for you because it's so hard sometimes in schools, even though people are passionate. Sometimes they don't know where to start. Sometimes they don't have the time to start. Sometimes they don't have the support to start. So it's great to have you guys come in who do this all the time and really work with the the teachers and the like you said that those community members. So that's awesome, man. Hats off to you yeah, guys. Yeah, and Jason, something that's really also important, I think, there is that idea of. I work a lot. One of my mentors is this guy named Greg Curtis. He wrote a fantastic book recently. You should read it. It's called Moving Beyond Busy. And it's all about kind of what we were just talking about, right? But we, we've we talked about sketching out a book together called Meeting in the Middle, where, you know, this has to be something that's kind of 
really coming from, you know, both sides of administration and the grassroots of students and teachers, right? And and we'll talk about this as we go forward. You know, we were talking about things like a happiness index or, you know, a true commitment to wellness or sustainability or, you know, you know, inner sustainability balance with outer sustainability as a through line, right? Like what is sort of that common essential why of your school that then all of your initiatives feed? Right. And if if the administrators in the in the and what's going on on the ground are not connected with that, you obviously that's where things like, you know, demoralization or initiative overload or just, you know, people are just feeling lost. You know, the communication pathways aren't open. And, you know, that's such a that's such a major piece for success in this in this space. Right. And then the last thing that we've been doing a lot recently, that's also something over the last year we've really worked on our own professional growth in is what we call a constellation mindset or a deliberately developmental mindset where it's like we got to in our learning communities we got to be vulnerable with each other right we got to know that it's okay that we're not perfect that we're you know we have limitations or we have strengths and and we have passions and we're real people and let's put some of that on the table and let's connect some of our personal growth goals to some of our professional growth goals right so we did that even inside Inspire Citizens with our team. And for me, one is is a lot has to do with things like perfectionism, right? And being able to tell my team that I struggle with that, I need some, I'm going to need some support with that. You know, how do we put that alongside as we're breaking forward on new initiatives, right? So then I'm growing as a person and it's also connected to some of my professional goals. And I think that's something we don't always do at, at schools. We We tend to silo ourselves. I think we tend to be a little bit quiet about some of our where we're at with our feelings, right? And I think that's a, that's just such an important thing. So again, I think that communication stuff we work on with schools, building capacity as teachers first, and then opening the lines of communication for for teachers and administrators to be vulnerable within their teams. I think you can really just and it just really changes the dynamic in a school. It's exciting. It is exciting. I I can hear your passion as you're talking about it. And you're right. I mean, I think people are afraid sometimes to be vulnerable, especially in a situation where you're supposed to be professional and you're supposed to be this and that. And somewhere along the way, we've gotten that skewed and we're not allowing for our true selves to always be shown. And that's a shame. So I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to refocus as things start to kind of shake back out here soon. With the- well, and that comes, you know, that dials into what you, we were talking about earlier as well with yourself as, for instance, an MYP coordinator and leaning towards the the, the, the DP in, in the International Baccalaureate is how do we recenter ourselves on the things like the approaches to learning or the learner profile as, or our mission words as our real transformative learning wise? And then how is it that we are actually, you know, qualitatively providing feedback and evidence of that to our outward facing community, such as our parents, because you know damn well that if we're just in the end, we're in, and that's not, and we know it's not all we worry about, but when we, when we put out those IB scores, for example, a whole lot of other stuff loses value. Right. And, and then what happens is teachers get stressed, right? Because, and justifiably where, you know, you're worrying about, are my kids going to get their five, six or seven? And that's what we're pushing out to the community is kind of a, a really heavy measure of our success. So I think, again, a lot of it comes back to being really open about what is success in 2022, right? And, you know, you know, high IB scores are an element of that. I do think if we zoom out, right, right now, the world is asking us to think differently. 
And I, I think that, you know, a seven isn't going to necessarily, it's not the end of it's a great score, but it's right now, it's not going to necessarily help us with compassionate empathy. It's not going to necessarily make sure, you know, ensure that our kids are creative and imaginative thinkers. And it's not necessarily going to ensure that our kids understand what it means to be happy. Sure thing. I totally agree, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for that, Steve. And so, Steve, I, at your website, I've been checking it out, of course, recently. And you also have like a master's endorsement as part of your work. Can you tell me some more about that? Of course. Yeah. So we that was something that was, that's kind of a funny story is we always laugh at ourselves as saying we wanted to set up a teaching system to for like the almost like a Jedi council, right? We're kind of getting our Star Wars nerd angle in there. But to honestly, that that idea of what is it, what what would it look like if we took all of the different tools and, and also that concept of us as we continue to evolve as teachers. So, you know, even as I'm writing this course, I'm literally in the middle of course, the second cohort of this master's endorsement. And I'm, you know, bringing in new, new pieces to, you know, my own learning. Sometimes I'm writing two weeks in advance of the course and I'll find a new podcast or a new way of thinking about things. So it's, it's an exciting space where we look at how do we kind of take empathy to impact and build it into a in-service or pre-service type teaching experience, right? Imagining what it might look like in a university setting, which we're actually looking at eventually doing and helping our teachers to kind of connect with some of the things that, you know, you and I were just talking about. So if you imagine empathy to impact, we, we look at it through the lens of care, aware and impact or action. So we're asking, what do you care about and why? How are we going to become more responsibly and credibly aware through experiences in our research? What kinds of interdisciplinary skills and technology, you know, integration skills are we going to need to apply or be able to then take enhanced action with a partner community, for example? And then we build four courses within that experience around each of those. And we say, you know, for care, for example, let's unpack the language of the SDGs or let's unpack the language of social justice or, you know, 21st century donut economics or the, the ledger of humane technology, you know, the harms, like what's going on and helping our teachers to get that metacognitive language that then they can take to their students in units or projects and say, let's actually connect now your project idea to something the world needs, right? So taking something you might be passionate about, like you do personal project in grade 10, let's say you got a kid who's just a fantastic painter, right? All right, well, I'm going to paint, well, for what? What are we painting for? Who are we going to be sharing this with, et cetera? So I don't, without getting into the full stages of the, of the master's program, you know, the next stage would, you know, briefly is you know, now let's look at research. How do we do media? How do we do interviews? How do we do data literacy? How, so we call those often modern or civic literacies. And then we look at things like technology and transmedia literacies, which is all the things kids are doing on social media outside of school. So like kids are curating Instagram, kids are writing fan fiction, right? So how are we parlaying those types of skills, right? And then lastly, what does it mean to take action? So you know, the enhanced PYP has some great language. We've kind of extended on that. And then we always say, connect to your community. What, you know, do a community asset survey. Really live that idea of think, think global, act local, right? We really sometimes forget that as our kids are doing their projects or their global, you know, you know connecting to these global issues potentially, we often don't look inwards, right? 
And sometimes our campus is the probably the best place where we could have kids doing these things, right? In the way that we maybe green up our campus, for example, or inside the city or the smaller micro community that we live, how are we connecting some of these bigger ideas to what we can actually get these kids to do? And that ties back to that, you know, heart, head, hands, right? Where they got it. We want them to apply it. We want them to do it. We want them to feel it. That's where you get into that that range of real compassionate action, right? That was a long answer, but basically we we take the teachers through that experience and all of those tools I just mentioned over a full year, it's about 25 weeks, and then we give them a coaching uh, quarter where we spend you know about six to eight weeks where they take an elements of what they learned and either build it into a unit, they might build it into something they're working on with their team, Depending, we even have some people that are, you know, education providers like the Hutong, you know, that take kids into communities and they're using some of our, our toolkit. And then we just go sort of coach and then they get the Inspire Citizens tattoo and the, the micro stamp, right? And, but it's, it's really at this point, it's still kind of a, you know, a labor of love experience. You know, we have had about 25 people in each of our first two cohorts. And it's been fantastic because there's an asynchronous element, but then every week we have a Socratic seminar where we check in with everybody on their Saturday. So you get that face-to-face time with the cohort and the community that's built with those people. Actually, last night I just had dinner with five of us. We just, the little Beijing group that's in this year's cohort, we were eating some Malaysia food over by Roma Lake. So yeah, it's it's a cool, it's a really fantastic experience. I wish, you know, I'm, I'm looking at how to scale it slightly. That's a big thing for me this this next year, but also without losing the intimacy. Because I think that, again, coming back to that relationship component, I think we got to find a way to, you know, more of these quote unquote Jedis in the in the mix. And once they are, it's, you know, kind of kind of spread. That's that real grassroots, right? Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I can only imagine as countries cope with COVID aftermath that more and more of these kinds of programs you're describing are going to be in high demand as students. You know, I think about my own kids and their online learning and all these other things. The last time my seventh grader was in a full school year uninterrupted was in grade four. And so there's a whole lot of that social interaction that's been lost. I'm I'm not going to say learning gaps. We can get into that on a whole nother podcast episode. But this idea that reconnecting with the community, reconnecting with his own community is going to be really important. And so I think it's great. You already have the framework and the mindset there. It's fantastic, man. I, I know you guys are doing some great work. Thank you so much. What's your vision? Where do you think you're going to go, Steve? What do you want to do? Well, this is, this was, I was actually going to kind of follow up with that. And this ties in really well is really, I'm wondering, you know, again, is how to take what we were just talking about in that teacher space. And I've been also working on putting similar type of experiences together for kids, right? So you brought up your, your seventh grader. It'd be actually, it would be great to, yeah, it'd be great to get him to trial some of the stuff that I've been just creating. Like, so for example, like this is a good example for a kid's experience that then teachers in theory could take on and it becomes quite student driven. But we, we have this program that we've been putting together called Photobomb, right? And it's all about using the philosophies of, do you know the philosophy of wabi-sabi, which is, it's a Japanese philosophy that's built completely on finding beauty in transience and imperfection, right? So it helps a lot of our kids to kind of let go of thinking they need to be perfect, right? And looking at the world around us and appreciating how things age, 
using photography to connect to those things, whether it's nature, architecture, or ourselves. And then we also use what's called the principles of harmony with nature. That's out of a, a group out of the UK called the Harmony Project. And we look at things like interdependence and cycles and adaptation and, and geometry in nature. And we start to see, wow, we are actually, we are nature. We're connected to nature. We're connected to each other in the similar ways that nature is dependent. Because again, I think that head and heart, you know, we've been I think quite cognitive over the last, you know, however many years and bringing the heart kind of back into these learning experiences. And man, it's been fantastic at WAB at Western Academy of Beijing. I, I ran it with kids in person and now I'm actually building it into an online learning experience. So the kids get a chance to learn a little bit about photography, right? So that's that kind of the thinking like a photographer or advocacy photographer. And then they get a chance to connect that to a why, which in this case, that heart is harmony with nature or dealing with perfectionism and seeing the beauty in, in impermanence. And then the, the, the hands is let's go take photos and, and change the world or change ourselves, right? The way we see the world or the way the world can be framed differently to advocate for more connections with nature or letting go of certain certain stresses. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm, I'm working with this new group called High Resolves out of Sydney, Australia. And they're, they're really building, they've got a fantastic program called Videos for Change. Dude, it's amazing because what they've created is this sort of package where you can, and it's, and it's got tons of great student-driven resources and teacher resources if you wanted to do it as a full division or a unit or, a, or excuse me, as a team or a, even a full school film fest. And what you actually they've done is they've built the platform that they can, you can basically buy a platform from them that then is an entire website that hosts your film fest and all the behind the scenes, you know, threads such as like your parent permission forms and like how to set up your judging. And like, it's pretty amazing. They've been working on it for about three years and it's actually also quite affordable. So same type of thing where I'm excited because what this sets up, things like Photobomb and, and Videos for Change, is you've got, you know, you've got sort of your modern literacies built into that, but you also have a lot of tons of interdisciplinary opportunities. You've got the purpose, the, the heart and the why built into it. Kids want to have a voice and feel like they can take action, right? But then there's also elements of like, especially in, in Videos for Change, you know, where are you getting your information from, right? Who are you interviewing potentially? Who are, and that connecting back to communities and, or, you know, where we're getting, where we're seeking the truth. It's such an important piece of this, right? So I'm pretty excited about that's the work I'm going forward with a lot is sort of a future of education and future of media literacy space. One other piece that you'll love is we do a thing we've connected to a podcast out of Baltimore called Out of the Blocks. And it's kind of a humans of New York, but focusing on like, we are going to photograph, interview and get sounds of one city block or one small neighborhood. And then we're going to mosaic that story together into a podcast experience. And we actually have done that at Soul Foreign. And it's just, they call it into the goo instead of out of the blocks. And yeah, it's fantastic. So we're looking again at like, how do we scale these kind of opportunities for kids to build deeper compassionate empathy for themselves for others and for nature right and if we can use media to sort of get kids hooked on that even even better because then you bring in that idea of humane technology I mean, this is great this is really really great and you know honestly i think it's really relevant especially now because 
when we all, in many cases, had to go online with our teaching, a lot of these sorts of things were lost or put on hold. And it's unfortunate. And it, it probably was needed more <laughs> during that time than it has. And so it's great that you guys are positioned to really help schools as they emerge to either a hybrid mindset or a back on campus kind of mindset and begin kind of going through getting to know each other again because we've been on we've been back on campus pretty much full time for a couple months now and it's taken a while for everyone to kind of get back on their feet and to build their bandwidth again because you know you don't use those muscles for a while they start to atrophy right and so it's really good that you guys are in the position to be able to help schools transition back onto a normal setup yeah. And I mean, actually, too, you wonder, you know, you use that word normal. And I think a lot of and you know, this is this is the this is the chance for us to breathe, I think, and actually ask ourselves what matters. Right. And and again, I'm not I'm not naive in the way that, of course, we're going to there's going to be certain things that are going to systemically need to be there. Right. But I do think that this is also an opportunity for us to embed things like let's take a little bit more time. Let's not, let's not fall into the trap. You brought up the idea of learning loss. Let's not fall into the trap of like allowing ourselves to freak out about, you know, that, that particular element, right? Let's, this is kind of what I feel like in some ways, this is what the world is telling us. The world has dealt us this, you know, in a lot of ways, I do think it's come from the way that we've interacted with things such as, you know, our natural environment. So what are we going to learn from that, right? How are we going to shift slightly or in some cases, you know, a bigger shift into reimagining what some of these experiences can be and what kind of kids, you know, that, how are we, how are we helping kids to make sense of this? Right. And, um, definitely not going to be by cramming in reading, writing and math all the time. Right. It's not to say that's not important, but we should be taking this time, I think, to help kids to, how do we have a good conversation? How do we reconnect with the natural world? How do we actually embed time to reflect and be mindful in our classrooms so that we, you know, you're a design teacher. So how do we then do real design that matters? Right. And I think that's what gets me excited. And I do think, I do think, you know, I believe in this concept that the earth is kind of telling us something and that's what I hope we can sort of reset that new normal. Right. And say, Hey, you know, there's, there's a way that we can find that middle path between the way things were and probably the way things really need to be. Right. Agreed. I've had a lot of time to think about that over the last you know, 24 months. And I agree with you. I think there's a, uh, a readjustment, a recalibration that can take place. And I think that your work is a major part of that. And so, Steve, this is great, man. Thank you so much for sharing with me all the work that you're doing and what your vision is. So what, what do you think is going to happen next? What's next for Inspire Citizens? Well, it's, it's interesting because I was mentioning, you know, I'm going to be doing a little bit more work going forward over the next semester, moving into this high resolves space, which is for me is quite exciting because it's going to be an opportunity to get a little bit or a lot bit outside of the international school bubble, right? So being able to sort of take the Inspire Citizens approach, thinking, you know, professional learning, you know, work we do into a little bit more of a space that I, I think is going to be a little bit more scalable and equitable. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. And it's going to be a challenge for me because again, you were saying we're going deep here and there is an element of like, to really do this well, we got to go deep and that's, and that's okay. But I'm also excited to personally learn a little more about how to go wide at the same time. 
right? Aaron and Scott, Scott Jameson, you should, by the way, Scott is, he's, he's like the third guy right now in Inspire Citizens. He's amazing. He runs a podcast, an Empathy to Impact podcast. That's all interviews with kids. So it's the voice of kids talking about their learning. We decided, you know, as I joke here about us being two teacher talking heads, we decided there's enough enough great teacher talking head podcasts out there like yours. So let's try something different. Man, he's just killing it. Like the 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 interviews are so good with these kids and he's you know kids all around the world and building wells in Uganda and and doing you know equity rights in 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 Senegal and talking about perfectionism in Beijing and like I mean the interviews are are fantastic. So that's something that we're going to continue to pursue is putting kids voices out there. And then Scott and Aaron are going to really continue with the you know on-site day-to-day grind of what Inspire Citizens does, you know, keep that going with the partner schools that we work with. And we, it's kind of cool. We've been expanding out. We're working with Bangkok and Prague and, and Chile and some Central American schools. And so it's going beyond kind of that Asia pocket. Yeah, slowly growing. And hopefully that's another thing with this master's program. As we grow, we can kind of rein in a few of those fantastic educators to maybe join us on this journey and and just slowly grow as we need to grow. Steve, this is great, man. Like I could literally sit here and talk to you all day long, but I know you're a busy dude and and I appreciate it. So you gave me a book, this Greg Curtis, Moving Beyond Busy, which I will add to the Goodreads shelf that I have. And so if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing, Inspire Citizens doing, what's the best way to find that out, Steve? Yeah, just I would say just start with our website, right? We've there's so much one one thing, Jason, before I go that we also, you know, really put out there is we really want to capture proof of concept, right? So I think if you go to our website, you'll see when you go into the vignettes page or you go into the futures media pages, there's tons of student work there. You know, a lot of and the Empathy to Impact podcast, lots of ideas of like, you know, let's get out of the sort of the headspace and the theoretical language and let's get on the ground, see what it looks like and see if this is working, right? So inspirecitizens.org, you'll get you'll get a lot of the heady stuff, but you'll really see what it looks like on the ground. And then on Twitter, that's kind of my my main place that I do my social media posting and telling my stories. It's at inspirecitizen1. So drop that S and add a one. And that's pretty much it, man. I'm pretty good about getting back when people contact me through either the website or Twitter. Yeah, I just love seeing what other people are doing. So don't hesitate to send feedback, ideas, questions, et cetera. And, you know, we like to work with anybody that wants to make a difference on the planet. Absolutely, man. And I'll make sure all those links from the show notes and I will attest to you being very quick to get back in touch with me. So I appreciate you doing that, man, during a busy time of the year. So, Steve, again, thanks so much for this. I hope we can follow up in maybe a year or so and kind of hear how things have grown and changed as the world has changed. But I appreciate all the work you're doing, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I'd love to talk again. And thank you, Jason. And I'll, I'll see you soon, man. It's, I'm just excited to finally meet face to face. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.